Uh, We'll be reading from Job chapter 12, if you want to go ahead and turn there now. Today's communion meditation is titled, What to Think About Atheism. And I know that's a, perhaps a strange topic, but, but let me explain. I actually pulled it from our catechism question today, which by way of review was this. What is forbidden in the first commandment? The first commandment forbids the denying or not worshiping and glorifying the true God as God and our God and the giving of that worship and glory to another, which is due to him alone. I agree with what Joel said. There is a positive aspect in this commandment. We are to worship God. And, um, and I started reading this book, uh, The Shorter Catechism Explained from Scripture by Thomas Vincent. And uh, I think it's very helpful. Um, on this particular question, Vincent says that the sins forbidden, forbidden in the first commandment are in three categories. First is atheism, second, profaneness, and third, idolatry. Now, the, the atheism was interesting to me. I hadn't thought about that as violating the first commandment, but I think Vincent's right. Because if we are not glorifying God as God, we are having man in the place of God. There's another God in the, in the presence of God. And I think it's a good thing to meditate on as we approach the table. Well, let's go to our text and see how God wants us to think about atheism. So Job chapter 12, and uh, we're going to be reading a few verses and then skip some. So we're going to start at verse 13. And I want you to notice how, how Job is a theist. And then at the end of this, he is going to show um, what happens to cause atheism. Verse 13, With him are wisdom and strength. He has counsel and understanding. If he breaks down a thing, it cannot be rebuilt. If he imprisons a man, there can be no release. If he withholds the waters, they dry up. If he sends them out, they overwhelm the earth. With him are strength and prudence. The deceived and the deceiver are his. Now skip ahead to verse 24. He takes away the understanding of the chiefs of the people of the earth and makes them wander in a pathless wilderness. They grope in the dark without light, and he makes them stagger like a drunken man. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come to you knowing and believing right now that you are hearing our prayers. Help us to understand the difference between believing in you and denying that you exist. Help us to think rightly about your commandment as we approach your table. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me ask you a question. Are you afraid of atheism? Are you afraid of atheists, especially the smart ones? Today, we are surrounded by atheism. Now, I, I will say that, that other times in history, they have also been surrounded by atheism. And we should be concerned about it because God's glory is at stake and the first commandment is being violated. But we should not be fearful of it. And I want to give you a few reasons why. First, 
Atheism is no new thing. It may be more prevalent now than it was a few hundred years ago, but we see evidence of it in the early days. Genesis 6, 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. Now, it's difficult for me to imagine worldwide rebellion without a general denial of God. I think that's what we see here. Well, the, the Lord dealt with atheism back then. Of course, we, we, we know of the flood. But it creeps up again after the flood. We see it in Egypt. Exodus 5.2 And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey His voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. Let's skip ahead about 1,300 years. Atheism was no strange thing to David. Psalm 14.1, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And there are four other psalms that repeat this theme. In the new covenant, with Jesus, atheism takes on a specific form in denying that Jesus is God. The book of, of John deals with this specific unbelief, this specific atheism. Extensively. Chapter 1, 3, 4, 5, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, and finally 20. All deal with the problem of disbelief in Jesus. So this was a major problem. So atheism is nothing that has sprung up in the last 200 years. It did, however, and it has, however, taken on a more formidable posture with some infamous people that we know, Karl Marx, John Paul Sartre, Fred, Friedrich Nietzsche. But even though these men have been very influential, especially through the government school system, is God threatened by them? That brings us to the second reason we should not fear atheism. Look at, look at um, verse 16 of what we just read. With him are strength and prudence. The deceived and the deceiver are his. Brothers and sisters, God owns the deceived and the deceiver. He determines and limits the success that they have. They are controlled by God and they don't even know it. Sometimes we ascribe too much to this philosophy just because it has been so influential. But it is not because of anything good or anything intelligent in atheism. And the third point is an example of that. Atheism is actually a bankrupt philosophy. In his determination to say that there is no God, an atheist actually has to assume the qualities of God, particularly um, um, omniscience and omnipresence. I like what Rabbi Zacharias said. To sustain the belief that there is no God, atheism has to demonstrate infinite knowledge, which is tantamount to saying, I have infinite knowledge that there is no being in existence with infinite knowledge. It loses from the start. So atheism is a concern, but it is not something to be feared. It is not truth. 
It is a perversion that comes by suppressing the truth. And actually, nobody is a consistent full atheist. Calvin wrote this, Men, one and all, perceive that there is a God and that He is their Maker. They are condemned by their own testimony because they have failed to honor Him and consecrate their lives to His will. So I hope you can see atheism is nothing to be feared. It's a concern, but it's not to be feared. And now as we consider communion, we should ask this question. What makes us different? If all men perceive that there is a God, but many don't believe in Him, why are we different? Let's rule a couple things out. Let's just take a couple things off of the plate. It is not our experience. Jesus said, but He said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded the one rise from the dead. That would be a pretty convincing thing if somebody rose from the dead. But we're not not atheists. We are believers, not because of our experience. Nor is it our wisdom. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. This is from Solomon. Pretty smart guy, right? And of course, led by the Holy Spirit. So it is not our experience. It is not our wisdom that makes us not atheists. It must be something else. So in closing, I want to read some scripture to you again. And I'm just going to read this without comment. But I want you to be looking for some things. I want you to be looking for the reasons that we are joined to the Lord and that we believe in Him. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians. We're going to be reading verses 18 through 25. And this should give us confidence, by the way. The fact that our wisdom is limited, uh, and that changes our experience. We may have a different experience. So our belief is not based upon those two things. Let's see what it is really based upon. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to those who believe. For Jews request a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Let's pray. Dear Father, we would be breaking the first commandment every single second of our lives if it weren't for your grace. I pray that if anyone here has suppressed the truth, that you are the true and living God, that you would regenerate them, enable them to embrace the truth. That's our only hope.
You've been faithful to this church, and we thank you for allowing us to see that you exist and that you created us. In Jesus' name, amen.